Welcome back. Welcome back to CTC. I'm your gracious host, Carl, and I'm here for the rest of the week seven preview. If you missed my Tuesday preview, um, go ahead, check it out on the Refuse to Lose Network. I went over polls. I went over the polls, so poll talk. And CT, I mean, I went over uh, the Tuesday night games, the Sunbelt matchup, and the um, Conference USA matchups. I do have the recaps ready to go for y'all for that before I get into the rest of the game for the rest of the week. Um, but before I get into that, I would like to ask for y'all to leave a like, comment, or subscribe. I would also like to add, uh, if you like the content on this channel, this show, excuse me, the network, the R2L network, we have the main show featuring Tomo, Dave, and um, why am I blanking on Joe's name? Joe. I don't know why I just did that. And we got BWT Baseball with Teddy. We have CTC, this show right here. We have FFC Fantasy Football with Coach Coombs. And we have the Joe Jordan Show. Um, if you like any of the content from those shows, please leave a like, comment, subscribe. Go down the rabbit hole, watch a couple of videos. We keep your attention, you know what I'm saying? Just stick with us. Um, so now that that's out the way, let's get into these recaps from last night. So, oops, wrong journal. Right here. I have Louisiana Tech, 23, Middle Tennessee State, 31. The only game I picked correctly last night. So we'll get into it. So MTSU, Middle Tennessee State, gets the ball first, gets a first down, and then punts. After that, Louisiana Tech goes three and out and punts. Middle Tennessee State gets a 26-yard field goal to start off the scoring. Now, mind you, in this game, Trey Flewellen is not playing in the first half due to a targeting call last week against Jack State. Now, Louisiana Tech answers with a 19-yard touchdown pass to Kyle Maxwell as the point after is blocked. When the point after is I mean, after that, Middle Tennessee State answers with a 27-yard touchdown pass to Elijah Mitch Metcalf, which was questionable. It was reviewed. Um, it stood. Um, the, the play itself could have been questionable. I think he got that right foot in or the back foot in before the other foot landed out of bounds. But it was such a touch, tough call to make. But they stuck with the ruling on the field, which was a touchdown. So touchdown stood. Louisiana Tech gets a 23-yard field goal with 6.43 left in the second quarter. Middle Tennessee State gets a two-yard Nick, Nick Vadiato touchdown run with 38 seconds left in the second quarter. Louisiana, no, excuse me. Yeah, Louisiana Tech, Jack Turner throws an interception to Trey Flewellen. Welcome back in the second half, Trey. He starts off with a pick on third and goal in the end zone, leading to a touchback. Just a phenomenal safety. Um, After that, that leads to a Jaden Crindle's nine-yard touchdown run on the next ensuing drive. Louisiana Tech answers with a six-yard Dakota Williams touchdown run. Now, Hank Bachmeyer comes into the game during this drive. Um, at the start of this drive, excuse me, he comes into the game. Like I said, it leads to the touchdown. Then the Middle Tennessee State answers with a holding Willis 60-yard touchdown catch from Nick Vadiato. And now Louisiana Tech tries to make a late push um, down 15. They score a touchdown with 230 left in the fourth quarter. Bachmeyer throws a 10-yard touchdown pass to Charvis Thornton. And then Louisiana Tech gets the ball back, but a Bachmeyer pass being incomplete ends the game on fourth down, turnover on downs. Middle Tennessee State kneels the game out, and Middle Tennessee State gets their second win of the season at home against Louisiana Tech. Now, Middle Tennessee State played a really good game. Vadiato played a really good game. Uh, Trey Fluellen, like I said, immediate impact as soon as he comes back from the targeting call last week, catches the interception to prevent a touchdown. Um, they were not – Louisiana Tech was not successful in getting Tyree Shelton going. Uh, now, Metcalf did have a touchdown, big play guy, 27-yard touchdown, made a big play. Um, you also had another big play from Holden Willis. Middle Tennessee State offense looked better. They were able to finish a game. Um, I know they didn't score late in the fourth quarter, I believe, but they were able to hold Louisiana Tech out of the end zone to win it up eight. So Middle Tennessee State, State shout out to them getting their second win of the season. Um, hopefully they can probably build on to that, but we have to move on to our next game which is Liberty at Jack State. And I know, I know I tried to go with the dog, the home dog. I, I fanned out. I did. I told y'all, man, I've been high on Jack State. I've been on the Jack State bandwagon all year. And it got me killed last night. Final score, Liberty 31, Jack State 13. Now, Liberty gets the ball first and goes three and out and punts the ball to Jack State. But then Zion Webb, 
throws an interception, which leads to another Liberty three and out punt before Jack State scores first. Now, on the first touchdown drive of Jack State, Zion Webb on the, I think the second play of the drive, gets hurt on the quarterback keep, and in comes Logan Smothers. Logan Smothers leads Jack State down the field for a one-yard touchdown run by Logan Smothers. They go on the board first. They strike first. Liberty answers with a 31-yard field goal. Then Jack State drives down the field and misses a 31-yard field goal, which I think was a huge momentum shift. They were they had the momentum. They were driving. They had to settle, but points is points. But then they missed. Kills all the momentum. Liberty then goes down the field to score a six-yard quick and cooly touchdown run, one of his two touchdowns last night. Then Jack State answers with a 39-yard field goal. So the score is now 10-10. Um, late in this first half, Liberty, Caden Salter fumbles the ball on a sack, which Jack State recovers. But then Logan Smothers throws an interception, which Liberty kneels out the half. So would have got the momentum right back, but Logan Smothers throws a pick. Now we're going to have 10-10. Jack State gets the ball first coming out of halftime, but Jack State coming out of halftime gets the ball first and punts the ball. I believe they go three and out. So after that, they go three and out. Liberty gets the ball and drives down the field, completing, I mean, uh, not a completed one, converting multiple third downs, including the third and 12 to Trey on Sibling. Sibley catches like a 28-yard pass on third and 12. The third down prior to that, they run an out route to CJ Daniels and get it. So what they did was they ran an out and up on third and 12. DB bites Trayon Sibley up the field, 28-yard completion before a 27-yard. I think it was a deep post to Trayon Sibley for a touchdown. Jacks, I mean, Liberty goes up 17 to 10. Now on the next drive for Jack State, they replaced Logan Smothers with Ashton Fry. I don't know the reason. I Rich Rod has done this. He's just benched guys or pulled guys. I didn't see Logan Smothers get hurt. I don't know exactly what happened. I just know it was a new quarterback. Um Ashton Fry enters the game, and he leads them down for a 39-yard field goal. Um, on that one way to that 39-yard field goal, they did convert a fourth and one with an 11-yard Anwar Lewis uh, run. But like I said, the drive stalls. They get a 39-yard field goal, and that would be it for Jack State. Um, Liberty then goes on to score a 29-yard touchdown pass to Aaron Bedgood before putting the dagger in uh, Jack State with a five-yard Quentin Cooley touchdown run after Jack State punt. Jack State down two, no, down three scores. Tried to salvage something and get a, a touchdown, but turnover on downs or fourth and goal on an incomplete pass after I think a third down bad snap or penalty. Leads to Liberty getting the ball back. Two plays, get a first down and nail the clock out for Liberty to win, like I said, 31 to 13. Now, Liberty, they finished their drives this game. They didn't settle for too many field goals. They only settled for one field goal. Early in the game, second half, they were able to finish drives, picking up multiple third downs, like I said, to score touchdowns and not field goals or field goal attempts that could have led to being misses and keeping Jack State in the game. Almost killed them last week. Wasn't even close to killing them this week. Um, Now, Jack State, they got to figure out a guy. I understand Zion Webb got hurt. So that part, obviously, you're going to have to switch it up. But you can't just keep pulling guys and, you know, just can't keep doing that and expecting that to work. They pulled out Logan Smothers. I get he went after a punt, after a pick to start the second half. They go three and out punt. You got to stick with a guy. You got to give him confidence. Got to let him get in rhythm. Now, Ashton Fry came in, and he did not look bad at all. He did miss a couple gimmies, but he did not look bad. But you got to get a guy. It's too late in the season to keep doing this. You got to pick a guy and stick with him. It's week seven. For them, week eight, because they played on week zero. So, Got to pick a guy and stick with him. But Liberty, this was a great bounce-back game for them. Like I said, finished drive. Quinn Cooley got two touchdowns. Caden Salt looked real good. Um, these receivers were creating separation on multiple occasions, not even just touchdown passes, but even missed opportunities. Guys was getting burnt. So they they did their thing on Liberty. So shout-out to them. Still undefeated. Uh, I think they could play for the Conference USA Championship because, I th- yeah, 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 they can play for it. So looking to continue to fight for that Conference USA Championship. Now, last game of the night, I picked App State at home to win this game. And late in the game, it looked like App State was going to get me the W. But we'll get into that. Final score, Coastal Carolina 27, App State 24. Now, Coastal Carolina gets the ball first, and they go down the field led by a couple big plays. 
for a one-yard Braden Bennett touchdown run. So they go up 7-0 off the break at home. Best way you want to start on the road in a rivalry game and a conference game. Best way you want to start. Then App State punched the ball. See, Coastal Carolina gets the ball back, and they get a 51-yard touchdown pass to Jamison Tucker, a big play. That's what you need on the road. But that's it for a minute. And so with 11.05 left in the second quarter, App State gets a 29-yard field goal, cuts it to 14-3. Not necessarily what you want if you're App State, but you have to take your points, especially being down two touchdowns. Now, Coastal answers back with a 33-yard field goal, so it's like, boom, all that momentum, all that work. Now you're still back in the same place you were. But with App State then answers with a 30, I mean a three-yard touchdown run by Amani Marshall. Now, noting this game, Nate Noel did play the first drive, and then he was yet to be seen after. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what happened. Neither did the commentators. I honestly can't tell you what happened. Um, maybe news will come out later about what happened with Nate Noel, but after the first drive, you did not see him again. Uh now to start the second half, both teams start with a turnover on downs, but I want to speak to Coastal, not Coastal, App State's first down. Let me turn it one down. Joey Aguilar tries to, he throws it to a wide open Robinson. Wide open, ball hits him right in the hands. He just drops it. He just drops it and runs off the field. Not saying he did it on purpose, but like nobody hit him. It was no threat to get knocked the ball loose. He just dropped the ball. Fourth and go up and fourth down, just dropped it. These two are turning on downs, but Coastal turns it back right back over. Um, then App State scores a two-yard touchdown pass to David Larkins, which now is the score is 17 to 10. Then Coastal Carolina answers with a 32-yard touchdown pass to Kendall Carr. Oh no, no, excuse me. It's tied up 17-17 with that Larkins touchdown. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, like I said, then Coastal answers with a 32-yard touchdown pass to Kendall Carr. App State gets a five-yard touchdown pass to Dalton Strowman with 8:47 left in the fourth quarter. And now it's like, absolutely, we just need one stop. We need one stop. But Coastal Carolina is moving the ball down the field on the App State 14, fourth and two. Grayson McCall keeps it, and they stuff it. One-yard loss, turnover one downs, App State ball late in the game. And I'm like, here it goes. This is the play we needed. Coastal Carolina finally made the mistake. App State's going to win the game here. And in the first play of the game, App State throws a pass, and it's caught and it's a 69-yard game before the receiver, Milan Tucker, fumbles the ball, and Coastal Carolina recovers just before going out of bounds. Huge momentum play for Coastal. Huge momentum loss for App State. That play for App State would have put him in field goal range with four minutes and some change left, still driving the ball, probably would have punched it in for a touchdown. That's a huge momentum swing. Turns out to be a 10-point swing because Coastal Carolina then drives out the rest of the game going down the field before they make the game win a 24-yard field goal. They win it on the road in a, in a tough environment in Boone, North Carolina. Man, for App State, just a, just a tough loss. You got in the hole early. You dug yourself out the hole just to put yourself back in the hole late game. Hey, Vaughn, you want to start playing with the group of five uh, schools, man. Group of five football, man. That game was – group of five football pretty good, man. But, yeah, man, dug yourself out of the hole to put yourself right back in the hole. and You're not going to win games like that. Now, for Coastal, this is a huge momentum shift, huge way to turn around your season. Three and three, not exactly where you feel like you should be at, especially taking losses the way you have to Georgia Southern and Georgia State. But now – but now, man, you can turn your season around. Still have a chance to go bowling. Got to finish 3-3 three three at the least to go bowling. But great win. I would say dominant, but you allow App State to come back, climb back into the game. It's just a great road win. Just exactly what the doctor ordered to save the season. Now, those are my Tuesday night recaps. We have to get into the Wednesday night previews and the rest of the week. Uh, so let me get this journal out of here. Get to my next journal. Oop, wrong way. Here comes my other journal right here. Now, we have first game on the docket, UTEP at FIU um, tonight, 7.30 on ESPN2. So, again, if you're not watching playoff baseball, we got some college football for you right here. UTEP need to get consistently good quarterback play. They need it. Well, I don't know if Gavin Hardison is back. Like I said, it's always hard to find injury news for college. They rarely ever let it out before the kickoff. But 
if Gavin Hardison's not back, man, they gotta find a consistent quarterback. Gavin Hardison hasn't even been consistently good either. But he's I, he when he got hurt and I watched him play, it made me realize why Gavin Hardison is still the starter at UTEP, playing how he has been playing. So gotta find somebody. Don't oh shoot, reading the wrong one. Have to get Deion Hankins going. Have to. They have to get him going. Him and Terrell Burgess are key to anything that UTEP does. They have to get the ball to their perimeter players. Again, I keep talking about Kelly Akari and Tyron Smith and all them, but they just can't find them the ball because they don't have consistently good quarterback play. Have to contain Keon Johnson or Keon Johnson or Keon Johnson or Jenkins. I keep saying Johnson. Jenkins, excuse me. Keon Jenkins excuse me, has been what FIU has been looking for in a quarterback to get that pass game going. We are a long time away from when. Grayson James had only four yards against Louisiana Tech through the air for the entire game. So Keon Jenkins has been exactly where FIU needed to flip that season around because it looked grim from the start. They have to stop Shamari Lawrence and Keon, uh, Keon Owens running back to FIU. Man, they have to stop them. They can't allow them to get going because that opens up so much more for Keon Jenkins. Uh Oh, I have FIU Keon Jenkins will open up the run game with that on, but it's vice versa. It's handy hand. So we'll just put all those together. Now for oh wait, I was on YouTube. I skipped over one. Excuse me. No. Oh, my, I did skip over one. UTEP has to contain Keon Jenkins. They have to because he can use his legs. I did skip over one. I'm like, hold on. I know I just went to him too early. All right, so the FIU Keon Jenkins will open up the run game. Cool. Just explain that. Has that no picks. No picks, man. No picks. That's self-explanatory. Get Shamari Lawrence the ball. Let him get more touches. I know Keon Owens got more touches last week. I think Shamari Lawrence deserves more touches. Um, Force UTEP quarterbacks to beat you. Like I said, they don't have consistently good quarterback play at all. I wouldn't even say good. I wouldn't even say consistently decent. It's been bad. So make these guys beat you. And be prepared for Kelly O'Carry 50-50 balls. Like I said, man, Kelly Okari is a fade ball, jump ball. He'll he'll come down with it. That looks like it's his specialty, in my opinion. Just be prepared for those. If you type do get in the red zone and can't punch it in through the ground, just always have to watch out for that. But with that being said, I'm going to go with FIU tonight, rocking the Miami Vice jerseys at home. I just think FIU has the better offense. Um, UTEP, obviously, quarterback is key in football, and UTEP doesn't have it. So I'm going to go FIU to get the W tonight. We're moving on to Sam Houston State at New Mexico State, which I forgot to write down. I put New Mexico, sorry. I don't want to disrespect y'all. Nine o'clock tonight, nine o'clock on CBS Sports Network. First, we have Sam Houston State, which Keegan Schumacher has been playing better. These last two weeks, Keegan has been looking a lot better. Had a chance to beat Liberty late game. Had a chance, if they can hold on to beat Jack State, win the overtime. Probably shouldn't have won the overtime. Had a chance. Have to finish drives. Cannot have drives stall out or lead to field goals. Have to finish the drives. Defense has been flying around. This defense held Liberty to 21 points last week. Would not let Liberty consistently get the run game off the ground. Now I understand CJ Daniels had a great game against the Sam Houston State team last week. But that was about it. Now, uh, have to contain Diego Pavea. Diego can run. He can pass. As you can see last week, he had like a 40-plus yard touchdown run. So we know this guy's dynamic. Can't allow him to do that. And you have to finish a game. And this comes to the Liberty game last week. Drove all the way down the field to get to goal-to-goal situation and could not punch it in. Could not punch it in. So we have to finish the ball game. Now for New Mexico State. Win the turnover battle. Keegan Schumacher has been playing better. But he still has five picks on the years, four touchdowns on the year. So he still has a negative touchdown to interception uh, ratio. For Sam Houston State to score points, you have to score to keep them honest, to make them have to keep scoring points. Because, like, again, they held Liberty to 21, I believe, shut Liberty out due to the Matumas field goals. But 21, I mean, I don't honestly think if New Mexico State puts up 21, I don't think that's enough. You got to score more than 21. So I think Sam Houston State can move the rock against this defense. Now, Monte Watkins and Star Thomas has to be used. I think they need the ball more. Monte Watkins had a, a big run late in the game against FIU. Star Thomas had a touchdown last week. Not as many carries. 
I think they need to lean on the run game a little bit more. Try to kill some clock. Try to keep FIU off the field as much as possible. And that's it. So with that being said, oh, so I skipped over one. Have to get Jonathan Brady involved. I think Jonathan Brady is their best receiver. So you got to give him the ball. Just give him, give him some opportunities. With that being said, though, I know Sam Houston State is 0-5. But I'm calling my shot. I've been saying it. They've been close to getting the win. Should have beat Jack State. Jack State means Sam Houston State defense kind of folded late game. Allowed Jack State to get a late game touchdown, two-point conversion, and then win it at OT. Should have maybe beat Liberty with the game on the line in the game when the offensive drive can't get it done. I think they get over the hump this week against New Mexico State. We've seen New Mexico State put up a stinker before, blowing the game to UMass, which was UMass's only win of the season. Thank you, Sam Houston State gets their first win of the season against New Mexico State tonight. Now, we move on to Thursday night, and I forgot down, write down, I know I forgot to write down the time and the channel to catch this one. Thursday night, we have West Virginia at Houston. West Virginia has been red hot since the first game of the season, lost to Penn State. Um, 4-0 since that, or four-game win streak since that, I should say. Play third time, uh, you can catch that game tomorrow night. Excuse me, I'm trying to find where I have to write it. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock on FS1. If you got some time before Thursday night football, um, we know we got the uh, Chiefs and the Broncos that night as well. I will probably be watching that. I'm not going to lie to y'all. But um, West Virginia, Gary Green has to be dynamic. He's back. They said they wasn't going to bring him back until he can use his leg. So he has to be dynamic. West Virginia defense has to continue to be phenomenal. West Virginia defense has been the reason they haven't been winning a lot of these games. TCU game, West Virginia defense. Texas Tech game, West Virginia defense. Pittsburgh, West Virginia's defense. This defense is the key to West Virginia's success. They're coming off the bye week, so they've had two weeks to prepare for this. C.J. Donaldson will be huge. He will be huge because he's, he's just the, the spark to this team. He has to be the best running back. I think he's the best running back in this game, so he's going to be huge in this game. Um, Huge. No, excuse me. One more. Have to contain Donovan Smith. He's also dynamic. can also use his legs. Good with his arm. Have to contain that. Now for Houston, they're also coming off the bye week. So they've also had two weeks to prepare for this. Houston has to find a way to score a lot of points because, like I said, this West Virginia defense has been key to their success. I think the most points this West Virginia gave up out of the three games I named was maybe the TCU game, and that was 21, I believe. Uh, let me double-check that. Oops, sorry. So, yeah, it was 21 against TCU. That's actually the most points besides – that's the most points they've been giving up in this full-game win streak. The most points they gave up was to Penn State, which was 38, but that's Penn State, their top-10 team, now ranked number six, ranked seven at the time. So this West Virginia team has been key, has not been giving up a lot of points. Houston has to find a way to change that. Get the ball to Samuel Brown, I believe their best receiver, the most dynamic receiver. Um, and then Donovan Smith will be huge on the ground and through the air. Like I said, he's dynamic. It's kind of like how Gary Green, you got to be dynamic, got to keep the defense guessing, keep them off balance. And they got to stop the run. They allow 163.6 rushing yards a game going against a back like CJ Donaldson. That's unacceptable. That has to change tonight. But with that being, I mean, not tonight, tomorrow night. But with that being said, I'm going to rock with West Virginia. I think West Virginia, they're going to muck this game up. They're going to they're gonna make this offense struggle. Um, like I said, defense being a strong suit. Houston doesn't do well with teams like that. So give me West Virginia. Now, second game of the night, Thursday night, we have SMU at ECU. SMU um also in the contention for the conference US. No, 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 excuse me, not our conference, US, the American conference. They're in contention for the American conference. I believe at four and one. ECU at the bottom, or they're three and two. ECU at the bottom of the American at one and four. Now, Eastern Carolina is not and an, it's not exactly an easy destination to play in, but we got that game Thursday night, 7:30 on ESPN. SMU turn this into a shootout. SMU turns this into a shootout. ECU is not going to be able to score with them. Their quarterback play has been absolutely terrible. Now, win the turnover battle. I say that because <laughs> their quarterback has five interceptions. Their backup quarterback has two interceptions. Win that battle. Make ECU pass happy. Alex Flynn, one touchdown, five picks. Very unacceptable. Let Jalen Knight get loose. 
I think he has over 300 yards, I believe, like 350-plus on the year. Running back has 332 and two touchdowns on 51 carries this year. Um, They have to play in ECU's backfield. Again, these quarterbacks have been bad. They have 15 sacks on the year, 87 tackles for a loss. So play in that backfield. ECU, quarterbacks have to stop the interceptions. I already told you the numbers there. Have to get to Preston Stone because ECU all year, mind you, this is week seven. They're one in four. Have four sacks all year. So they have the same amount of sacks as losses. Not good. Make this a low-scoring game. Like I said, they're not winning a shootout. Establish Raji Harris early. 217 yards, four touchdowns on the ground. If you can establish him, it may give your quarterback some hope to open up some sort of pass game and force turnovers to get crowd involved. That's more so any momentum plays, big run, big touchdown pass, turnover, onside kick maybe even just to – you never know. One in four teams might get desperate. So an onside kick something to get this crowd involved. But at the end of the day, I'm going with SMU, just the overall better team. ECU is having a down year, and is expected after losing Arms and Key Mitchell. You lose your quarterback. You lose your running back to the NFL. It's hard to reload at a place like ECU. So give me SMU to win the game. Now, moving on, we have Tulane at Memphis, Friday night, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Tulane, one of the best group of five schools in the country. Have to stop Memphis offense ran by Seth Hannigan. Bring Blake Watson downs. The games I have watched of Blake Watson, he is really good at making people miss in open field. So you have to be able to tackle him, bring him down. Don't let Seth Hannigan use his legs. He's not really – Seth Hannigan, I wouldn't categorize as a runner. He can if he, if he has to, but you don't want him to have to. So don't let him. Uh, let's see. Get Lawrence Keys the ball. Leading receiver on this two-lane team. Might be even the best receiver on this team. Michael Pratt needs to look for him early in office. And the defense has 17 sacks. So they're good at getting to the quarterback. Get them in third and long, second and long situations and let your defense eat. Let your, your defense pin their ears back. Now, for Memphis, let Blake Watson make guys miss an open field. Some screen passes, bubbles. I mean, I know he's a running back, but, like, maybe put him in a slot and let him run a bubble. You know, just get him an open field. Stretch plays, something. Protect Seth Hannigan. Again, this defense that they're going against has 17 sacks. Have to get to Michael Pratt. Michael Pratt, one of the best quarterbacks in the group of five, not in the country, just in the group of five. Michael Pratt is one of the better quarterbacks in the group of five. Have to contain Makai. He was the running back and cannot allow big plays. Um, They can't allow Tulane to get big plays. Tulane's strength is normally their defense. Now, Michael Pratt is a good quarterback, but if you allow Tulane to get big plays and get up, you don't want to be playing from behind. So, with that being said, I'm going to go with Tulane, the defending American Athletic Champs. Then they get the job done. This is also a huge game in American, both coming to the game four and one on the year. So, this will be huge in the AAC race to get to the conference championship. But give me Tulane. Tulane, I think, is just championship tested. Uh, Willie Fritz, amazing coach. Just give me two lane. Now we go to our second game Friday night, which is Fresno State at Utah State. Fresno State coming off the loss to Wyoming last week. Friday night, 8 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. Fresno State, Logan Fife is up now. Mikey King was seen in a walking boot, so I don't know the timetable of his return, but I don't expect him to be there Friday night. Have to get uh, Logan Fife some nice, easy rhythm throws. Just get him into the game. Eric Brooks and Jalen Moss will be huge. It's definitely huge. And, you know what I'm saying? Whenever he feels like he doesn't have the confidence, if he feels like that, he came in and actually played really well against a good, really good Wyoming defense. But you never know how it feels from week to week. So he's they're there to help the confidence right there. Have to get the Cooper Legos, who's actually been playing well for Utah State on that end. And you have to uh, get Elijah Gilliam in the game. Maybe if you can't get him some nice, easy rhythm throws, establish the run. That also helps ease the quarterback into a game. And it opens up more. So establish Elijah Gilliam. Now for Utah State, Cooper Legos has to start hot. He has to start hot. You don't want to get down early to this Fresno State team, especially at I – mean, well, not especially at home. That helps that you're at home. But you still don't want to get down early to this team. Get Devon Booth the ball. Uh, self-explanatory, 
Get Jalen Royals and Terrell Vaughn the ball. Those are the, the two weapons on the outside. Devon Booth is the running back. So you just got to get your playmakers the ball. Key in on Fresno State perimeter players. So again, Eric Brooks and Jalen Moss. Key in on them. Make somebody else beat you at receiver. Um, Because Logan Spice probably going to be looking for them more than anybody else. You have to key in on – oh, wait, excuse me. I must have skipped one. Oh, I say heat up Logan Fife. Send some pressure at him. Send some blitzes. This is his first official start. He didn't start last week. He came in for Mikey King. This is the first official start this year. Send some heat at him. Light him up. Now, with that being said, I'm going to take Fresno State to win this game on the road, coming off the upset loss. It's a nice bounce-back spot. Utah State has not been the greatest team this year. Like I said, I think Fresno State is one of the better Mountain West teams. I picked them to win the Mountain West. Now, that might change since Mikey King has been hurt. Um, if Mikey King wasn't out for the year, which we still don't know if he's out for the year, I might still pick them to beat Wyoming if they do meet up again. Or if they meet Air Force, because Air Force has been playing lights out for the Mountain, Mountain West as well. My Air Force is undefeated as well as Wyoming. So maybe them two might match up. But like I said, Fresno State should win the game. Now we move on to our last Friday night game. Stanford at Colorado. Now, that game is Friday night, 10 o'clock p.m. on ESPN. So a little nightcap. Stanford has to find a way to get Shador Sanders. Get to Shador Sanders. Not get him, but get to him. Have to get away. If you don't get to Shador Sanders, he's going to be lighting you up for 300 yards, 275, 350, something in that range. It's Ashton Daniels, the guy quarterback. They didn't go to Ashton Daniels last week. I forgot who they actually went to. But they have to do again. This is another team that has to find a guy and stick with him. Is it Ashley Daniels or is it not? Have to establish the run. EJ Smith have to establish the run. Now, this leads into my next points. Have to dominate the trenches because we all know Colorado's weakness is the trenches. That's going to be their weakness every game. What helps establish the run? Dominating the trenches. If you can dominate the trenches, you can open up lanes for these running backs. Now, my last point is playing on is Travis Hunter is back. Travis Hunter has been back at practice. Do we know if Travis Hunter is going to play? If it's up to Travis Hunter, he's playing. But it's not it's up to Deion, so I was still prepared for him as he's there. Now, for Colorado, I'm just assuming Travis Hunter is back. So I have Travis back and uh, exclamation points. Let's your door magic, create magic. Let's your door do its thing. I have watched for Ben Yorsek, the tight end of Stanford. Again, one of the better tight ends in the country. Still spread the ball to the other guys, Xavier Weaver and Jimmy Horn, even if Trav is back. Still got to show your other guys some love. Even, you know, let Amaria Miller get some more burn. Uh, prepare as if Ashton Daniels is the starter because, again, we don't know what Stanford's going to do at quarterback. At least I don't. So I will prepare even though if, if Ashton Daniels is the starter. Now, with that being said, I'm, I'm going Colorado. Not even close. Uh, four and two, like I said, cash that over. You already cashed it if you listen to me. Over three and a half wins. Shout out if you took it. Um, I'm I'm taking Colorado, clearly the better team. Stanford is one of the worst teams in the Pac 12, might even be the worst team in the Pac 12. So give me Colorado to win this game at home. Now we go into Saturday noon. And before I do that, I would like to tell you what I did for the Saturday game. So if you're new here, I did four games noon to 3.30, four games 3.30 to 7, and four games from 7.30 to the end of the night. So it's 12 games preview here for Saturday, 7-4-4-4. So let's get into it. First game I have here, number three ranked Ohio State versus the Purdue Spoiler Makers because they're playing at home and where you're a top five team playing at Purdue, things normally don't end up well for you. That's why they got the name, the Spoiler Makers. Now, that game is Saturday noon on Peacock. So, if you got Peacock, if you want to tune in, a decent game could be played, could be upset alert. Ohio State, Cal McCord has to get going early. Did not get going early against Maryland. Did not get going early against Notre Dame. Now, it didn't kill him against Maryland. Didn't kill him against Notre Dame. Still undefeated. But you still can't keep playing with fire like that. Stop Hudson Card. Hudson Card is key to this Purdue success. Um, he, he slings the rock around. He will sling the rock in unfortunate circumstances leading to interceptions, but you have to stop him. Get Marvin Harrison Jr. the ball. Best player on Ohio State, period, in my opinion. So get him the rock. Stop Deion Burks and Abdul Rahim Yassin. Have to stop those guys on the perimeter. Uh, Travion Henderson should be back. Did not play against Maryland. Trey and Chip 
got to stop them for Purdue. I mean, you have to, you have to feed them. You have to feed Trey and Chip. I'm sorry, I was on Ohio State for Purdue. Have to find some defense. Gave up what 38 against Wisconsin. Now you found some defense, but you still gave up 20 to Iowa. Um, even though K. McNamara is out for the season with an ACL tear. Got to find some defense, man. Ohio State's going to put up endless numbers on you. Have to stop chipping Trey. Now, Ohio State right game did not look great against Maryland. Didn't look good against Maryland at all. But Purdue is not Maryland defensively. So you have to find a way to stop chipping Trey. Get Deion Burson. Y'all seen the ball. Self-explanatory. These perimeter guys. Got to give them the rock. Have to establish Tyrone Tracy and Devin Mockaby, the two backs. Tyrone Tracy is the more explosive of the two backs. Devin Mockaby is more so the big guy. Get you show y'all the situations. Have to get to Cal McCord. Make him force, force a couple interceptions. Force some turnovers. Get the home crowd momentum swinging plays. Those are key on home upset alerts. But there will, no, there will be no spoiler maker upset this week. I am rocking with Ohio State because Purdue defense is not good. They can't stop nobody. So give me Ohio State to win this game. Next game, we have Syracuse. Give me a second. Let me sip this water. We have Syracuse at Full Frank of Florida State. Saturday, noon on ABC. Now, Syracuse coming off a blowout loss to UNC. They have to get Gary Schrader going. They have to get him going. It's, it's going to be huge. They got to get him going on the ground and through the air. Have to get to Jordan Travis. Again, a Heisman candidate quarterback. You have to get to him. Put pressure on him. These outside rushers. You have to contain Trey Benson, who just came off of a 200-yard game last week. You have to get against Virginia Tech. Got to be prepared to block Jerry Verse, one of the best DNs in the country. You have to be prepared for him. And you have to stop Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson, these two explosive guys on the outside. Keon, 50-50 jump balls. Johnny Wilson, 6-7, can go up and get it, has inconsistent hands at times, but still is a good receiver. Now, for Florida State. Florida State, get Keon coming the ball. Y'all know my motto. Well, you need to play doubtful. Doubtful, he's going to get you every time. Who won the OT game? Keon Coleman in the end zone. Keon Coleman, get him the rock. Don't let Gary Schrader get loose on the ground because that's what beat Purdue, him having four touchdowns on the ground. Make him have to beat you through the air. Don't let, I mean, get Trey Benson the rock. Coming off 20 yards, you can't forget to establish the run. I know you got Keon, you got Raheem Bell at tight end, you got Johnny Wilson at receiver. You still can't forget to establish the run. Stop LeQuint Allen, who may be the best player on this offense. And you have to make Gary Schrader turn the ball over. You have to. Well, you, you know, I don't, I don't want to say you have to, but it'll be really big. Because you're already the better team, which leads to my point of me picking Florida State to win this game. They're just the overall better team. Cherokee's offense is not great. Now, Florida State defense has been disappointing this year so far, but I don't think that matters against this Syracuse offense. And if you get the gear, you heat him up, you make him have to beat you with his arm. I don't think he's going to outdoor Jordan Travis in no circumstance uh, Saturday. So give me Florida State. Moving on, we have SEC West action. Arkansas at 11th rank Alabama, known Saturday on ESPN. We got Arkansas has to find a way out of this four-game losing streak, this four-game rut. Losses include LSU, close one. Ole Miss, close one. Texas A&M, not so close. And BYU, close one. It started with BYU. So far, the last one is Ole Miss. Now, it's going to hate. It's not going to help that they're in Tuscaloosa this week. KJ Jefferson has to have a huge game. He's been playing phenomenal so far. Hasn't been enough, but he can't let that get him down. He still has to have a big game. Somebody else is going to have to stub up and help him. Jalen Milrow, uh, turn the ball over. You have to make him turn the ball over. Now, he had a pick against Texas A&M. I believe he had a pick against Ole Miss. Let me double check that. But you got to make him turn the ball over. Uh, Have to stop Jason McClellan, the running back for Alabama. Make Jalen Milrow had to beat him with his arm and had if Alabama could just lean on that run game all day, it's going to be trouble for Arkansas. Now, Milbro has four picks. I know two of those came against Texas. One came last week. 
And he did, in fact, have one against Ole Miss. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's uh, three or four games. The last three or four games, he has thrown a pick, at least one interception. So, can you make it four out of five if you're Arkansas? And you have to stop Jermaine Burton and Isaiah Bond because, like I said in the week six recap, they kept they stepped up huge. Jermaine Burton, two tuds. Isaiah Bond with another tud. They stepped up big for Alabama and Jalen Milrow. Now, for Alabama, have to contain K.J. Jefferson. You have to contain him. Like I said, he's been playing huge for Arkansas. They just cannot come up with these dubs. Um, For if you're Alabama, again, Milrow, can he be turnover free again? Last three or four games, he's at least had one interception. So can he be turnover free this week? Have to contain Rocky Sanders. Rocky Sanders, explosive back for Arkansas. You got to contain him. Jermaine Burton has to step up again. Like I said, timely catches two touchdowns. Now he did try to make – he tried to do too much one play, and he fumbled. But still, still pretty much a great game from him. And Jalen Milrow, don't be afraid to use your legs. I do like when I see when he tries to scramble to throw the ball downfield instead of just automatically taking off. But sometimes that's the best option, just take off the run. Even if you don't get the first down, even if it's like a short game, it shows the defense that you're not afraid to use your legs and run the rock. So take off sometimes. And with that being said, unfortunately, in my opinion, Arkansas takes loss number five in a row, moving to two and five going to be hard for them to get up to a bowl game at this point but i just think alabama's a better team um arkansas just cannot find ways to win games and it doesn't help when you're in tuscaloosa so give me alabama now my last game that i got for y'all on the noon slot might be a little surprise but this is a huge battle in the sun belt we have georgia southern coming in at four and one i believe against jmu at jmu coming in at five and no huge sun belt game there this game will be on Saturday noon on ESPN2. So just to give you an idea, you know what I'm saying, you can find this game on ESPN Network. So it's, it's obviously a big one. We got Georgia Southern forcing uh, – for Georgia Southern, force Jordan McLeod to turn the ball over. The defense has seven interceptions. Now McLeod only has three, but Georgia Southern has seven picks as a defense. Have to establish a run. JMU is only giving up 38.6 rushing yards a game. That is spectacular. Got to find a way to run the ball against this defense. Win the turnover battle. Bryn, their quarterback, Davis Bryn, has seven interceptions. Contain Kalen Black. You have to find a way to contain him, the running back for JMU. 365 yards on the year. No rushing touchdowns, but still 365 is a lot of yards. And get Caleb Hood and Derwin Burgess, the uh, receivers for them, the ball. Let them go to work, I think, of 700 yards combined between the two of them, if I'm not mistaken. So let them get the ball and go to work. JMU, Jordan McLeod, keep controlling the game. Keep controlling the game. 11 touchdowns, three interceptions, 1,100 yards, well, close to 1,200 yards. So let him control the game. Make Georgia Southern one-dimensional. They allow – if Georgia Southern gets behind the sticks and they have to throw the ball, this JMU defense has 23 sacks in five games. That is almost a five-sack a game average. That is phenomenal. 23 sacks. Defense has seven picks. Davis Brent has seven picks. Which one, if one, blinks first? Does the defense get his eighth pick? Or does Brent walk out this game? No interceptions. Interception free. JMU stays at seven picks. We'll, we'll see which one budget Saturday. And establish Kalen Black, the running back again. Get Reggie Brown the ball, the receiver. But with that being said, I'm going to go with JMU to stay undefeated at home. This defense is phenomenal. This defense really wins them games, winning the field position battle on special teams and everything like that. I think JMU can, control, can contain this Georgia Southern offense. <clears throat> so I'm going to give JMU the dub Saturday. Now, we got... Probably the biggest game of the week next week, as I forgot to write it down where you can find it. We got number eight ranked Oregon at number seven ranked Washington. Saturday, 3.30. What did my computer just do? I don't know. Saturday, 3.30 on ABC. We have first for Oregon. Find a way to contain these NFL receivers. I didn't told y'all these receivers are NFL level. You know who I'm talking about, Jalen Pope, 
Roma Duncier, Jalen McMillan, all NFL level receivers. Now, Bo Nix, there's a little, there's a little rumor. Bo Nix struggles on the road. This game is at Washington. Can they find a way to put those rumors to bed? Establish Bucky Irving, a tough, hard-nosed running back. Get the Michael Penix. This Oregon defense has 18 sacks. Find you have to get the Michael Penix. You have to find a way for Michael Penix to force I mean to throw multiple interceptions or at least get multiple turnovers. Turnovers are huge in this game. If you honestly, it's going to be hard to get turnover on downs with both of these offenses. Like I said, I do. They do say Bo Nix does struggle on the road, but man, turnovers are a premium in this game. Now for Washington, make Bo Nix road woes a reality. Make them make hey, make these rumors true. Hey, Bo Nix, he do struggle on the road. Watch this. Make that true. Get the ball to your NFL receivers. Already named them. You already know who they are. Stop Bucky Irvin. Is hey, look, you can stop him. Keep organizing the chains. Make them Bo Nix road woes true. You in for a great night if, as the Huskies. Stop Troy Franklin, their lead receiver. He has, I believe, seven touchdowns on the year. So stop him. Not, don't let him find the end zone. And can Dylan Johnson, a running back, get going? Because if you can establish the run game, it keeps Oregon defense from pinning their ears back. 18 sacks. Can't really do that as much if a run game is going. So have to get him going. And I'm a rock with eighth, I mean, seventh rank Washington. I'm a rock with Washington to get the back-to-back dubs. They got the win last year on the road against Oregon. I think they get the, the home win against Oregon. I think they do get the Bo Nix. Bo Nix may have – I think Bo Nix will struggle against Washington. I know Oregon has the better defense between the two, but this Washington team, man, this offense is really lights out. Lights out, puts up points in a fast pace. These receivers, like I said, they are unstoppable, these receivers. So I'm going to go with Washington to get the home W. Uh, yeah, so moving on. We have Texas A&M at 19th ranked Tennessee. Ten, uh, Saturday, 3.30 on CBS, CBS, SEC on CBS. We're winding down of the last year to say that. This will be the last year we can say CBS. Uh, the SEC on CBS before the Big Ten takes over the CBS. What an error. But moving on, Texas A&M, Max Johnson, don't let last week. Boy, did I write the wrong word down. Don't let last week get you down. Last week, man. Almost was able to fight back and get the dub against Bama. Couple turnovers in the game led to a loss, but don't let it get you down. Texas AM, Anaya Smith, can you keep making game changing plays, especially on special teams? Had a punt return touchdown against Arkansas, had a punt leading to a touchdown against Alabama. Can he continue to make big plays in the special teams and receiver game? Evan Stewart, I think Evan Stewart is going to have to score multiple touchdowns. They're going to have to win a shootout against Tennessee. Evan Stewart is going to be key in doing that. Establish Le'Veon Moss and Amari Daniels. The run game is never going to hurt to establish those two great backs. Force Joe Milton to turn the ball over. He only has three picks on the year, but when you t- hey, Florida forced him to turn the ball over, won the game. Got to force him to throw a pick to win this game. Now for Tennessee, no picks if you're Joe Milton. No picks, no momentum swings. I know you're at home. Can't do it. Get Jalen Wright going on the ground. Open things up for you. It opens things up for these receivers. No Anaya Smith big plays. Again, that was the momentum swing against Arkansas. It was almost a momentum swing against Alabama. Don't want that momentum swing to happen against you. Get Squirrel White and Brew McCoy the ball. Probably your two best receivers. Don't let Le'Veon Moss and Amari Daniels get going because then it takes the pressure off of Max Johnson. So with that being said, I'm going to go with Tennessee at home. Now, might have flipped if Tennessee was on the road, but since they're at home, Tennessee's a way better team at home. It's, it's going to be tough to stop that Tennessee offense at home with the crowd behind them. Max Johnson in a tough environment. Last week against Bama, he was at home. This week, he's on the road. Let's see how he does on the road in a tough environment against Tennessee. Going to Rockville, Tennessee. Now, Kansas at Oklahoma State. Saturday, 3.30, Fox Sports 1. 23rd ranked Kansas, excuse me. 23rd ranked Kansas. Now, Kansas, don't let Ohio – I said Ohio State, Jesus Christ. 
Oklahoma State get crowd involved early. I think that's what kind of killed Kansas State. Oklahoma State drove down the field first drive, got the touchdown. The crowd was into it. The crowd was hyped. K-State, I don't think, ever fully recovered from that. Established Devin Neal. He's going to be huge, especially going into my next point. Is Jalen Daniels back? If Jalen Daniels is not back and Jason Beam is yet again the starting quarterback, Devin Neal is huge to Jason Bean's success. So have to establish him. This secondary has to get at least an interception on Allen Bowman. Allen Bowman did not play great in the win, but when he was forced to make plays, he made timely plays. Now, the secondary can take those away. The secondary is good enough to take those away. Can they do it? And they have to stop Ollie Gordon because Ollie Gordon had a monstrous game against K-State on the ground. Can't allow that this week, especially at home. Can't allow it. Got to stop that. Now, if you're Oklahoma State, have to stop Devin Neal again. Three backs had almost 100 yards. I think one was like a little bit short, but the other two had it. Got to stop Devin Neal. Can Cam Epps repeat last week? Two picks last week, including a pick six. Freshman guy looked really well from what I saw last week. Can he repeat? Can Ollie Gordon get going? Well, he has to get going. He had a great game. He's going to take a lot of the pressure off of Allen Bowman again. Just force Allen Bowman to make plays when we need you, if he can do that. Have to prepare as if Jalen Daniels is going to be the starter. You always have to do that because, again, in college, you're not going to know until the kickoff. So you have to prepare as if he's there. Can the offense continue after a K-State game? They put up – oh, man, why can't I remember? I want to say it was 28 or 27 points against K-State. I know that was not the right pass. Hold on, give me one second. But they did put up a pretty nice offensive showing against K-State. Again, I didn't think they had the capabilities of doing that. They proved me wrong. They put up 29 against K-State. After putting up 27 in Iowa State and only 7 in Alabama State, that's the Alabama State, Southern Alabama. Oh my, I can't believe I just blundered that one. But yeah, can this offense continue to hover around that 29, 30, 27 point range? Um, I'm actually going with Kansas. I think Kansas is out to prove something. They're back in the rankings, five and one. They they remember everybody saying that that Kansas started off hot, we got in the Big 12 play, and that's when they dropped. They're out to prove that that's not how it works. We can sustain success even in conference play. So go ahead and give me Kansas to win this game. Now, in the last game I have on this afternoon slot, Iowa at Wisconsin, or if you're ready for a defensive slugfest, get ready to watch this game here. Saturday, 4 o'clock on Fox. Now for Iowa, can you score on defense? Because offensive points ain't going to be in bunches in this game. It's going to be very few. Offense has to get going again. I don't know. Can they get going? They have to stop Braylon Allen. Probably the best back in this game. Braylon Allen had a big game against Rutgers. I know he had the fumble. He made up for it with a touchdown. But he's probably the best back in this game. Contain Tanner Mordecai. Now, Tanner Mordecai, in my opinion, has had a disappointing season based on what I thought he could do for Wisconsin. He's had a disappointing season. But yet, it, still, he's still going to be huge because can you, if you can force Wisconsin to get in the third and eighth, 37th, second and 11th, second and 12th, they're going to have to lean on Mordecai's arm. Now, my last point, K. McNamara, like I said, towards ACL, is Deacon Hill ready for a game of this magnitude? This could potentially be for the Big Ten West. I know it's early, but both teams come in this game 4-1. The only other real threat, Dang, I really can't think of one. Minnesota's not really a threat there. Northwestern's not a threat. Nebraska is not a threat. Uh, yeah, I, um, this game would probably determine the uh, Big Ten West, in my opinion. So you gotta, is he ready for this type of game of this caliber? Now, for Wisconsin, Tanner Mordecai needs a monster game. He gotta shred this Iowa defense. He has to, because this defense was, well, Iowa's 5-1, Wisconsin 4-1, but they, he has to shred this defense. This defense is spectacular. Purdue is not really, okay, I'll get to that later. Braylon Allen. Needs them. Oh, yeah. He also needs a monster game. He has to be the best back in this game for Wisconsin because, again, this Iowa defense is stingy. Contain Caleb Johnson, a running back. There's going to be a running back door in this game. But if you can contain Caleb Johnson, it forced Deacon Hill to show if he can do this, if he's ready for this spotlight. Is the game too big? Do not test Cooper Deshaun. That boy is a monster. Don't test him. 
throw away from him and make Deacon Hill beat you again. Show me that you're ready for a game of this caliber. Now, like I said, I'm going to get into the standards of the Big Ten West real quick before I pick my winner. Wisconsin is up front 2-0 in conference play. Right behind them is Iowa at 2-1 in conference play. Northwestern 1-2 with the win against Minnesota, which still blows my mind. Minnesota's behind them 1-2 with that loss, but they're in front of Nebraska because they beat them. Purdue is 1-2, and, and Illinois is 0-3. Again, the Big Ten West is so disgusting that this game will determine who wins the Big Ten West. And I'm going to give it to Wisconsin because I don't know if Deacon Hill is going to be ready, let alone this offense wasn't great with K McNamara. Now you got Deacon Hill in there. Don't think this offense is going to do pretty much anything. Give me Wisconsin to win this game and solidify them as my choice that came out the Big Ten West this year. Now, moving on, we have the night games. I have four more games left, so just stick with me as I go over these last four night games for us. We got SC, 10th-ranked SC at 21-ranked Notre Dame. Now, I believe it was last week preview. I said Notre Dame should just join the ACC. I see why they don't. I see why they don't. Saturday, 7.30 at NBC, we got... SC have to stop playing down the competition. Winning the triple overtime against Arizona, playing Arizona's backup quarterback. Lost, I mean, won by only seven to Colorado when they should not have done that. Gotta stop playing down. You gotta play SC football. Caleb Williams, wanna have to pick apart this defense. This defense is giving up, well, beside Louisville, that was not like They gave up 14 to Duke. They gave up 17 to Ohio State. Two really good teams, but Caleb Williams, can you pick them apart? Can Marshawn Lloyd have a big game? It's going to help Caleb Williams, even though Caleb Williams don't need it, but it's always helpful. Get the Sam Hartman. We've seen what happens when you can get the Sam Hartman through three picks last week. Get to him, rattle him. Defense has to play better. They do because, like I said, triple overtime to Arizona, 41 points, not good. 41 points to Colorado, not good. Got to step it up, defense. Now, for Notre Dame, lost two of their last three games, Louisville and Ohio State. Can they bounce back? Offense has to sustain drives. They've not been putting up many points against, against Ohio State, 14. Against Duke, 17. Louisville, 20, which one of those touchdowns came at the end. Not been putting up numbers. Against SC, you got to put up numbers. Have to lean on Aldrich Estimate. Let him run through that SE defense. Sam Hartman has to flush the three in a game, exception game performance. He's not new to this. He's been in college for six years, maybe seven. So got to get over it. You did it. Move on. Now you have to get to Caleb Williams. If you can get to Caleb Williams, get hits on him, get him on the ground. That's what Utah did to win the Pac-12 championship. So it's going to be helpful if you can get to Caleb Williams, get some hits on him. Legal hits, nothing illegal, legal hits, hurries, hits, all within the rules. I don't stand for nothing illegal. I don't stand for nothing dirty, legal hits. Now, with that being said, I'm going to go with SC. SC has been playing down. Lincoln Riley knows that. Lincoln Riley is going to get these boys together. He's going to have the offense ready to go. Caleb Williams has been in these big games before, won them. Sam Hartman has been, been, been in these big games. ACC championship lost it. Matt, come to think about it, Louisville beat his butt last week, last year at Wake Forest, if I'm not mistaken. So he's been in these big games and he's won a couple, lost a couple. Caleb Williams has won these big games, and I think Caleb Williams comes out again. Now, moving on, we have the chat battle. Miami, 25th ranked Miami. Don't know how they're still 25th ranked, but it is what it is. At 12th ranked UNC, Saturday, 7:30. On, N on ABC, um, we have Miami. Have to let the late game blunder go. Hey, look, the coach is screwed up. It's not on you as players. Yeah, you're a fumble. You can't do it. But, again, you shouldn't have been put in that situation. Got to let it go. Have to stop Amarion Hampton. And he's been running wild this year. Get to Drake May. Again, he has been a little turnover happy. Can you get to him? Can you force him to throw you one? Win the turnover battle. Self-explanatory. TBD has to be the best quarterback in this game. He has to outplay Drake May for a chance to win this game. Now, for UNC, avoid Camp Kitchens at all costs. 
Don't throw his way. Try to run away from him. I know he's a safety, so he got the middle of the field. He can see everything. Try to try to get him going one way, go another way. You know, try to get play with his eyes. Try to try to get him looking at things all. You know, just mess with him. He's a safety. Try to look him off. Things like that. Let Drake may be great. Drake may coming off of a spectacular four hundred plus yard game. I think through for like four forty. Let him be great. He's your God. He's your rock. He's basically this offense. Forced TVD to turn the ball over. He had, what, two, three picks last week? Gets Georgia Tech. Forced him to turn the rock over. Get Amarion Hampton involved. Let him run the rock. It's going to take things off of, take, take pressure off of Drake May. Stop Kobe Young, Xavier Restrepo, and Jacoby George. These three receivers, they're, they're nice. He got some weapons, TVD. Got to stop him. Now, this defense, again, is Dr. Jackal and Mr. Hodge. Don't know what you're going to get from this UNC defense. Got to bring the good UNC defense to the table. And with that being said, I'm going to go with UNC. Better quarterback. Uh, but defense, I would get in Miami. But Drake May is prepared for that. Drake May is – look, man, I can't – I don't have enough compliments for Drake May. So, I trust Drake May against this defense. I don't know if I trust TVD against UNC. Uh, so I'm going to take Drake May. I'm going to take the better quarterback. I'm going to take UNC. All right. So, oh, I did not check this game either. I'm a, All right. So we got Mizzou at Kentucky Saturday, 730 on SEC Network. Mizzou coming off the loss to LSU. Offensive fireworks. Mizzou, Brady Cook, has to flush his only interception game. He had two picks last week against LSU. One pick six late game was iced it. Got to flush it. That was your only game with two turnovers. I mean, with turnovers, period, with interceptions. I mean, period. Got to flush it. Just remember that that was your one game. Could be an outlier. Force Devin Leary to beat you. Again, I've said it. Devin Leary has not looked good. Does not look good. Force him to beat you. And how do you do that? You have to stop Ray Davis. Ray Davis has looked phenomenal. Even against Georgia, he had some great runs. Just did not have the team to do it. Now you have to get Luther Burden in the third, the ball. Y'all saw the fireworks. You saw when the best or the leader two receivers went against each other. 11 catches, 140 yards. Man, Luther Burden is a baller. Get him the rock. And let Cody Schrader run wild because even in that game, Cody Schrader said, hey, don't forget about me. Three tuds, over 100 yards. Cody Schrader is a dog, too. Now, for Kentucky, have to establish Ray Davis. You know they're going to do that. Have to contain Luther Burden. It's going to be tough, man, because they're coming off that blowout loss to Georgia. Um, just Georgia got whatever it wanted. Mizzou's offense is really good as well, so it's going to be tough. Take pressure off of Devin Leary. That's what the Ray Davis thing. Contain Cody Schrader, which I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough. They got their hands full there and turn Brady Cook over. Make him now start to think that the first four games, I just was on a run. I was hot. But now it's back to turning the ball over. They're back to booing me and Mizzou. Get to him. Put pressure on him. Make him turn the ball over. Now, with that being said, this was a tough one. It was. And in my opinion, I got to go with the quarterback play again. And with that being said, I have to go with Mizzou. Because I don't trust Devin Leary. I don't. Could Mizzou, not Mizzou, could Kentucky run this game away? Yes. Ray Davis can have just as good of a game as Logan Diggs did last week. I just don't trust Devin Leary when he's called upon to make plays. And that's the issue. This Mizzou offense can put up points. They put up a lot of points. But I just don't trust Devin Leary to make some throws. So I'm going to go with Mizzou. Now, last game I have on the docket. 18th ranked UCLA at 15th ranked Oregon State Saturday, 8 o'clock on Fox. I have for UCLA have to build on the win against Washington State. That defense was smothering, like I said, against Cam Ward, forced Cam Ward to have an ugly game. Offense, they finally they got some things going. Now, UCLA have to stop Damian Martinez and Deshaun Fenwick. Man, this run game for Oregon State is phenomenal. It allows DJ Ungulale to not have to do that much to beat teams. The run game is just spectacular. Established Carson Steele. Got to fight fire with fire. You got to get a run game going to help Dante Moore. He's into games. Keep getting Dante Moore more comfortable. Now, I think he settled into that game last week against Washington State, especially with that huge fourth and sixth conversion. That's when I really think he settled in. You got to get him settled in. 
and get to DJ Ungerlele. Since UCLA defense has 18 sacks, got to get to DJ. If you get to DJ, it, it makes Oregon State one-dimensional, and then making the team one-dimensional is really key in winning games. So for Oregon State, feed Damian Martinez. Again, preseason All-Pac-12, he's living up to the hype. He's been balling. Get Silas Bolden the ball, explosive. He was a key reason to them beating Utah the last time they played, so get him the rock. Heat up Dante Moore. Don't let him get comfortable. Dante Moore has started the last two games with an interception. Pick six versus Utah. Pick against Washington State led to a field goal. Heat him up. Make him make three straight games where he start with a pick. Keep – oh, my God. Oh, keep letting DJ Ungalele do what he do. Again, you're running the rock. He can run some play action. He can get the ball to his guys. Short fields, give him open space. And lastly, you got to stop Carson Steele because if you stop the run, that forces Dante Moore to have to beat you, and then you can send pressure at him, pin your ears back, go get him, things like that. And with that being said, I'm going to pick Oregon State at home against UCLA. Freshman quarterback, I don't know if he's ready for this environment at Corvallis. Oregon State is actually a really good team, really good run game, can actually stop you from passing the ball. Dante Moore is coming into, like I said, a huge environment. I think he did settle in to the Washington State game, but how long would it take him to settle in to this game in Oregon State? Washington State, he was at home. He was at the Rose Bowl. This game, he's on the road. Don't know how he's going to act. So that being said, I'm going to take Oregon State to win the game. And like that, that is the end of my Week 7 preview. Hopefully, we have another great week of college football. I know I'm ready for it. I'm going to be locked in. I can't wait. Now, um, we got some ranked on ranked matchups. We got Oregon State UCLA. We got Washington, Oregon, the game I'm excited for. We got the U versus UNC. We got some ranked on ranked. So really good week of football. Um, enjoy. And I will catch y'all Sunday to recap the games. But with that being said, I'm gone. Peace. Thank you for staying to the end. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like this video, subscribe, and also hit that notification button so you can be notified next time we put out a video. If you're listening on any podcast platform, subscribe and hit that notification button, y'all, so you can be notified we put out another podcast audio. And last but not least, hit that share button. No matter what you're listening to or, or watching it, hit that share button and send it to somebody that you know that would love to watch this episode you just listened to. So once again, thank you for staying to the end, and we'll see y'all in the next episode.